Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening. And for those of you who have been listening for quite a while, know that I have been away and not uploaded a podcast for a number of weeks now. Some of you have reached out to see if everything is okay. And I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciated it. Um... I was gone because we had to say goodbye to my beloved Border Collie, Sparky. And I know for some people listening, you might think, well, it's it's a dog, you know, no big deal. Um, but he was a lot more to me and to my family. He was well into his teens, um, closer to 20. He was very, very well-traveled dog. I rescued him out of college, like fresh out of college back in the UK. Um, He has been a huge part of my life and seeing him pass the Rainbow Bridge was incredibly heartbreaking for me because you can probably tell my voice is still really hard to talk about. But we, we have been through thick and thin together for well well over a decade 15 years and more and he was always with me whilst recording these podcasts and it's been really difficult to record one without him and on top of that and grieving um, him passing we've had a really rough first full year on the homestead and like a lot of Mainers this growing year has been tough spring and summer have seen rain almost every single day that has made gardening a real challenge the increase in humidity from the rain has meant that we have early onset of blight and diseases on tomatoes and many other plants and we also have a lot of flooding in the garden area and that has leached away nutrients it's stunted growth on things like our celery and celeriac um but it hasn't all been sadness here on mossy bottom we have had a really great garlic harvest the compost pile is now home to some amazingly lush and vigorous squashes and even tomato plants And the chickens have been a really great source of entertainment. My husband has got a well-stocked freezer with chicken now from the meat birds. Um, Our fava beans are thriving. My marigolds are growing great alongside the tomatoes. The pear tree is laden with lots and lots of pears. And some of the tomatoes that I've been growing from seed and have been seed saving are actually showing some really great resistance to disease and are healthy and thriving so that's been really great and today I want to talk about hatching chicken eggs um, and hatching chickens from eggs because this has actually been a new skill that we've been learning as homesteaders and has been a really interesting project for the last 30 days so as I'm sitting here I've got three oh no maybe four um bantam cochin chicks that have just hatched in the incubator right next to me so you might hear a little bit of cheeping in the background um that's what's going on so we were able to pick up a barnyard mix of hatching eggs from a poultry breeder that was about two hours away And not only were we able to get a dozen hatching eggs, but we also got a lot of advice about raising these particular breeds, which was really, really great to network and connect with other homesteaders and farmers and learn more about, you know, farming in the area and growing things 
but also caring for different livestock. Um, what breeds of chickens do really well here with the winters and how you know, how this particular breeder was able to successfully keep her chickens over winter. And I was really surprised because we've been looking at raising pastured poultry and she had some setup that was similar to what we have been doing. And I was blown away that she was able to keep her chickens. They were doing super fine and dandy in this setup um, without having like a um, a fully wooden kind of roosting structure. So that was really interesting to learn and really look at how other people are caring for their animals. It gives us lots of ideas for how we want to do things on our homestead. So let's talk a bit about the pros of hatching chicken eggs because hatching eggs is a really great way to expand your flock of chickens. It can be a lot more cost effective for many homesteaders. Um, it's often cheaper to buy hatching eggs of rare breeds than to to buy the chicks. I saw chicks that are like $100 a chick um, from various hatchery websites. I was kind of staggered at how much those chicks were. Um, but buying them as hatching eggs, you know, you could be paying a lot less um, for a dozen or half a dozen of these rare breed hatching eggs. Um, some folks have a lot less problems with things like pasty butt and stresses that ship chicks go through when they're coming from the hatchery. Uh, we had a batch of chickens that came from the hatchery and the folks at the post office um, didn't find a phone number on there to call us to let us know, hey, um, your chicks have been here since 5.30 in the morning. Um, we need you to come pick them up. Had I known that they had been there because the last batch that we had from a different hatchery, they called us and said, hey, your chicks are here. So they opened up and let us come get them before they had formally opened up the office, which is great. Living rurally has some advantages, um, but also because we live rurally, people understand about, you know, having animals being shipped like poultry in the mail. Um, so, you know, shipped chicks can get very, very stressed out. Um, we lost a lot of chicks during our um, first couple of shipments, we'll say, um, that were coming through. We lost easily 20%, 25% um, in each one of those shipments. So we had quite a large loss rate. And if you're hatching chicks at home, you can have a much better success rate of your chicks surviving. Um, hatching chicken eggs can be a really great project to do with children. And you can also choose when to have your chicks. You don't necessarily need to be waiting to have a broody hen. Um, when you're hatching with an incubator at least although springtime is generally the best for hatching because that's the natural season for chicks to or chickens to reproduce there's a lot more availability for hatching eggs and there's a lot more um, eggs and breeders and chickens available for you to purchase so there's often a lot more choice of breeds with hatching eggs both locally and through mail order particularly during the springtime um, you can definitely look through local classifieds to find a breeder um, you could network with other people there's lots of groups around chickens, chicken keeping, and you can often find um, things through there as well. Um, 
your eggs are also generally safer from predators in an incubator versus being in a nest with a hen. Um, I say that because rodents, rats and mice are often um, predators for eggs and chicks. Um, snakes can be another one depending on where you live. And then obviously the bigger predators like raccoons, skunk, mink, fisher, um, cougars if you're really unlucky, bobcats, um, bears, you know, all of these things, um, you know, see your chicks as a fast snack. And your eggs generally a lot safer from predators in an incubator and I say that because they're probably in your home somewhere you can watch them I'm sitting with mine on my sewing machine table um right next to the laptop so you know they're they're in a safe place um I try to keep mine away from a curious dog um as you well know I have a number of doggies here um but a determined pet may want to investigate your incubator or the chicks so um, generally safe from predators but not a hundred percent there are some cons of hatching chicken eggs and some downsides include that your chicks may not hatch due to how the eggs were handled in shipping now the hatching eggs that I got from a breeder we drove ours from within a two-hour drive and the first hatch that we did only seven out of the 12 eggs actually hatched um, eggs that are shipped in the mail a hatch rate of 50% is considered a good hatch rate there could be problems with the incubator like a power outage or it isn't maintaining its humidity that can mean that your eggs don't hatch Another con might be that your eggs may not be fertile. The only real way to tell that an egg is fertile is by cracking open the egg and checking. And that, of course, renders the egg that you just cracked open useless unless you want an egg-based snack. Um, so that is kind of a downside. You don't always know that the eggs are going to be fertile when you're setting them. Fertilized eggs can stop developing it any point during incubation and hatching and it can be because of lots of different root causes it could be things like a bacterial infection the temperature genetics overhandling or rough handling of the eggs when you're candling them like the list goes on and sometimes even hatched chicks don't survive Another downside of hatching eggs is that your chicks will be straight run. That means that they're going to be males and females together. And if you live somewhere with very strict requirements on roosters or crowing birds, then you might just want to opt to have six chicks um, from a hatchery or a breeder instead, because then you're not having to deal with roosters and figure out what on earth to do with these because for some breeds, it can take a number of weeks before you know which are roosters and they might be crowing by then. So your neighbors may not forgive you for that. And another downside is chicken math. Well, I guess that could also be a pro, but I think my husband would say it's definitely a downside. Um, it is fun and addictive hatching eggs. Each one is a little surprise waiting to hatch out. Some of the pretty eggs that we were hoping for didn't hatch and others did. But that could mean that you get a little over enthusiastic and want even more hatching eggs, which means even more chickens. And then you may be left with the problem of what do I do with all these chickens? Um, particularly if you have a lot of roosters, what is your plan? So 
before you think about going into hatching eggs or raising chickens, have a plan in place, particularly if you're getting straight run or unsexed birds. What is your plan for those? Are you keeping all of the females to use for egg layers? Are all the males going to be going into your meat bird stream? That's basically what we do here on Mossy Bottom is the, the females, the hens, they get to stay and they're staying as layers as long as they are productive layers. And then the males are generally going to the meat bird side with the exception if they are a breed that lays a colorful egg because I want a beautiful egg basket. So I wanna keep certain roosters to be able to use in my breeding project to basically sustain the flock. Now let's talk about what is incubating chicken eggs because when it comes down to it incubating chicken eggs is where you place fertilized eggs into an incubator for 21 days about 21 days um, the temperature is kept between 99 and 102 fahrenheit and you need to be turning the eggs at least three times a day for 18 days on day 19 you're going to stop turning those eggs and that's called lockdown and then the chicks will hatch on day 21 it might be day 22 or even 23 in some cases so don't totally panic if things are not hatching on day 21 you might have got the days mixed up so take a moment and just you know realize that things are often a little variable when it comes to raising animals what things do you need for incubating chicken eggs well you're going to need an incubator designed for chicken eggs or a broody chicken we opted for an incubator because we don't have a broody hen. Um, there are lots and lots and lots of incubators available on the market. There's ones for different budgets. There's some that are crazy prices in the thousands of dollars. There's ones that are less than a hundred bucks. When we were doing our research, we wanted one where there was an automatic egg turner because I was working. We wanted something that was easy to clean. We wanted to be able to see inside the incubator. So having a clear viewing window was helpful. We wanted something where you can set and adjust the temperature. And we wanted something that would have a minimum of 12 eggs in there. So I could just buy a dozen eggs from a breeder. It was nice and easy. I could put them all into the incubator. Now, as I mentioned, there's a lot of price range in an incubator. There's a lot of variability in the budget models in terms of what they can do. So we spent a lot of time researching incubators, reading reviews about them and finding models that would work for us. You're also going to need a temperature probe to check the temperature in the incubator versus what the incubator itself is reading. You're also gonna need a hygrometer and that measures the humidity and you wanna be checking that inside the, the incubator. I actually use um, two combination probes. So they're a probe that does both the temperature and the humidity. And I have two of them in the incubator. I have one in case one stops working. I like to have a backup plan. You're 
also going to need some fertilized chicken hatching eggs and a flashlight or a candling device to be able to check the eggs periodically as they incubate. So not a lot of stuff that you're going to need and certainly things like the flashlight or the egg candler you can, and the incubator you can use again and again and again. So over time those investments are going to help pay off it within your homestead. So let's get to it step by step. How do you incubate chicken eggs? So the first step is getting ready to hatch the eggs. Now, the very first thing that you want to do is to test that your temperature and humidity probes are working right. I know, I know, you probably just rolled your eyes at me or groaned. You can do a quick online search to see how to calibrate them, but this is really important because these are going to check the readings on your incubator. They're going to check to make sure that the incubator is accurate and you might need to adjust the incubator settings to make sure that you maintain that temperature between 99 and 102 Fahrenheit. Again, I have a combined temperature and humidity probe. They're really small. They don't take up much room in the incubator, but I always always check that they are reading correctly first and that's not just because I come from a science background I want to make sure that the incubator is working properly before I set my eggs in there because it's really disheartening when you have really poor hatch rates you know you you put that money into getting those hatching eggs you spent all of that time vested in it and then up to you know, day 21, day 22 comes around and nothing's hatching. And it might have been because of your incubator. So the first things first, check your temperature and humidity probes, make sure that they're calibrated. Then we're going to check the incubator. I start mine at least a day before I'm going to put in my eggs. Other people can start them a week before. I want to check that the incubator is holding temperatures and humidity. I want to check that the automatic turner is working, that there's no unexpected leaks coming from the incubator. So I put in my two backup probes inside to check the readings and I adjust the settings on the incubator to make sure that that temperature of 100 degrees Fahrenheit that it is set to is actually working. If my calibrated temperature probe is telling me that it is operating at a different temperature then I will set the incubator higher or lower depending on what those other probes are saying and will adjust accordingly. It is worth the time to do it. It is really, really important that the temperature stays within that 99 to 102 Fahrenheit range for chicken eggs. If it is too high or too low, it can kill the developing chicks inside the egg. So it's really worth the effort to do that checking up front. Kind of like woodworking, you want to measure twice and cut once, you know, we're measuring twice, we're checking things are working, then we're going to put our precious eggs inside. So after I have done a dry run of my incubator, I'm going to sanitize the incubator inside and out in the probes. Now, after I used the incubator and before I used it for the first time, I cleaned everything. I cleaned it with um, hot soapy water. I checked the instructions within the incubator and then I sanitized everything. I want my incubator to be clean because eggs are porous and they can be easily contam be contaminated by bacteria. And guess what likes to grow in a warm, humid environment? Microbes. So 
Clean and sanitize according to the instructions that come with your incubator. Your sanitizer is the last step. So I clean everything, hot soapy water, I rinse it, I dry it, then I sanitize it and I let the sanitizer air dry. But check with what your incubator manual says for cleaning and sanitizing instructions. Um, Emma, I already ordered my eggs and I didn't do those things you just said. Um, well, my friend, the good news is that hatching eggs can be stored for up to seven days with the pointy end down in the egg carton before placing them into the incubator. You need really fresh eggs to do that, though. So local hatching eggs is probably better. Um, you're going to keep them in a cool area that stays between 55 and 60 degrees Fahrenheit. But before you ask me, the fridge is too cold. Don't put them in the fridge. Um, that can actually cause problems um with you know killing off the embryos of your fertile eggs so don't put them in the fridge somewhere between 55 and 60 fahrenheit is going to be fine now hatching eggs that have been shipped to you in the mail they're going to need time to rest that air cell that's inside the egg and the yolk and everything they're going to need time to settle and recover because i mean we've all seen the videos of how packages are handled um and if your eggs are coming on you know an airline that could be even worse so you want your eggs to have things to settle down so you're going to store those eggs with the pointy side down for at least 24 hours to allow things to settle. There's lots of really, really great information about how to incubate shipped hatching eggs and what to do to help increase your hatch rate. So definitely check that out. Maybe one day I'll order some hatching eggs that are shipped to try and see what works and I can report back on how well those worked but generally if you are buying hatching eggs in the mail you want to try and get them within the same state that you are to reduce that travel time and how those eggs are being handled as much as I would want to be ordering things from a hatchery out in California that might not be the best idea for me because I live all the way in Maine so have a look around and see if you can find places that are selling hatching eggs that are much closer to you so you don't run the risk of your eggs being totally scrambled by the time that they get to you. Now step number two is setting the eggs. It is really important to wash your hands before touching hatching eggs. The shells are porous and bacteria can easily transfer from your hands when handling the eggs. Eggs have a natural bloom over them and that protects them from bacteria. And it's this bloom that means that eggs don't need to be refrigerated. But washing the eggs removes that protective bloom. So when you're buying eggs from the grocery store in the US, they've been cleaned. So that's why they're stored in the refrigerator. Um, but it's also why you might have a meltdown if you come from another country and eggs are not stored in the refrigerator. It's that bloom that's there. That protective bloom helps protect the eggs. Now, I wash my hands when I'm handling my hatching eggs. I don't wash or clean the hatching eggs going into the incubator. I want that bloom to remain intact or as intact as possible. This is a huge area of debate among chicken keepers. So do your own research, do what is right for you. Just as I always say with gardening, there are billions of ways to create a garden, just as there's billions of people on planet Earth. And there is no one way that is right to grow a garden for you. 
same with raising chickens and hatching eggs. There's lots of different ways that you can do it. You need to do what is right for you. Now, as you put the eggs into the incubator, I like to put an X on one side and an O on the other using a pencil, and that's to help see that the eggs are turning. I place them into the incubator on the side because that's how my incubator works. Again, check your incubator instructions for how to set your eggs. Different incubator models have different setups, so don't forget your instructions. Okay, now we're on to step three, which is incubating. For the first 24 hours, leave your eggs be in the incubator. Check the temperature periodically. You don't want to keep opening the incubator since the temperature and humidity will drop, which is why I really like automatic egg turners. I don't need to open them up to turn the eggs. But if you don't have an automatic egg turner, you're going to need to be turning the eggs at least three times a day. So you're going to need to open up the incubator. You're going to need to turn the eggs from the X to the or vice versa and you're going to need to do that three times a day now it's okay to open up the incubator for short periods of time think about it mama hen is going to get off her nest to go get food and water so don't panic too much we just want to keep those periods of time as short as possible to help make sure that we get a good development and hatch rate you're going to want to candle the eggs, which means that you're basically going to be putting a light through them to see what's going on inside of that shell. I like to use a flashlight. Some incubators have a candling device on them, or you can buy a separate candling device. And we're going to want to do this so we can check on the chick's development. And we're going to do this after a few days to check for development make sure that they're actually fertile which is kind of interesting because things look a little like a weird spider that's in there and it's really weird to see with the first time that you see it you're also going to be looking for things like a blood ring or for quitters that is eggs that have stopped developing i looked online for pictures of eggs candling or candling eggs at different days so like day three or day five day seven day 14 just to see what I should be seeing in my eggs, but also to see what I should watch out for, like the blood ring. I take out anything that has quit or stopped working or there's a blood ring. I will remove those from the incubator. So it's, it's an interesting thing to learn and just know you're not always going to know. And that's part of the learning experience with learning a new skill right we're going to learn from our mistakes we're also going to learn from our successes so i did a lot of research i had like pictures up like on my phone whilst i was looking at the eggs i was also looking at the picture on my phone to see whether it looked kind of the same so i did quite a lot of research around that and i would encourage you to do that as well now you might have noticed that i've only really talked about the temperature and not the humidity when it comes to hatching and incubating eggs and that's because i do what's known as a dry hatch method which means I don't add water to the incubator until lockdown on day 19. I live in a more humid climate anyway, so the relative humidity is above 30%. So the dry hatch method for me works because I have a much higher level of humidity in the air, but also it's a convenience tool because I work full time as well. And I honestly didn't want to have to be running to the incubator every couple of hours to be adding water. So that's why I use the dry hatching method. But other people who are 
hatching and incubating chicken eggs will add water and will add water so the humidity is around 50 to 55 percent so if that's something that you want to look at doing that's fine um, if i lived back out in utah where it was drier i will probably be adding humidity to my incubator let's talk about step four which is lockdown so on day 19 we want to increase the humidity so the chicks are able to hatch out of the eggs and not get shrink wrapped in their shells so you want to follow your incubator's instructions for adding water to increase the humidity to 70 percent you want to remove the automatic egg turner and i like to put in some clean sanitized rubber shelf liner it looks it's got like the little bubbles on it that are kind of joined in like a mesh I like to put that down. It helps the chicks have grip and walk around. They're not going to get a leg stuck in the bottom of the incubator floor or anything like that. They're not going to slip. It just helps them have a little bit more grip and move around. And you'll find that they move around a lot. Um, so I like to put that in. So as I'm pulling out the um, egg turner, I will lift that up and out I will carefully lift the eggs off the base of the incubator and then I will put this rubber shelf liner down and then I will put the eggs down on there close it up and I am setting that humidity um, to raise now from day 19 to 21 what we're looking for is we're looking for pips which is where you see that the chick has pecked through the shell so you see like a little hole it looks like a little triangle sometimes and the chicks are pecking their way out of the shell and what they do is they move in a circle going around the whole shell that's called zipping and um, once that is fully done they're able to finally hatch out of the shell they give it a big push and pop out of the shell it's really amazing to watch if you ever get the chance to but it is it's really hard not to open the incubator and know that this process takes quite a long time so we had pipping of our um, bantam eggs that are right next to me those pipped oh last night easy yeah last night um and there was one that pipped earlier in the day so kind of in the early in the morning and you know went to bed nothing was really there there was nothing going on and we woke up and there was three chicks that had hatched and another one hatched um just fairly recently as I started this podcast. So it can take a long time for the chicks to hatch and it's not unusual um, that chicks that have hatched to be kind of splayed out in the incubator. It can be kind of scary. You're wondering if they've died. Um, but just know that it is a long process and it takes a lot of energy from the chicks. They are most likely taking a nap. It is really tiring for them. It's a lot of energy. Your chicks are going to be wet and they're going to need to dry before they can be moved. So it's best to keep them in the incubator until the others have hatched as well. Now, we had a lot of questions when it came to our first time hatching and you are probably going to have a lot of questions too. So know that some eggs are slower to hatch than others. It can happen if your temperatures have been on the cooler side. It can also vary depending on the breed. Um, our bantam chicken eggs started hatching like they pipped on day 19 and they started hatching on day 20 and then day 21 we've had a couple more hatching. 
that was a lot earlier than we expected. And we were kind of worried about chicks stumbling around, knocking into other eggs and stuff. That's totally normal. Think about eggs in a nest, right? There's a clutch of eggs going to be in there. Of course, there's going to be chicks knocking around other eggs and maybe mama hens also knocking around other eggs. It's totally normal. The chicks that have hatched are kind of encouraging the other chicks in the eggs to hurry up. They're like little cheerleaders, like telling them to hurry up and get going. And it'll encourage other chickens to hatch out. Now, your hatch chicks are going to be okay to stay in the incubator for up to two days, 48 hours. So try not to worry. You might also be asking if the chicks need food or water. The egg yolk that was absorbed by the chick actually sustains them for up to 72 hours. That's three days. Think about chicks being shipped in the mail. They're going to be okay for a while without food and water. But if you haven't seen any more hatching, any more pipping or anything that shows you that other eggs are hatching after 48 hours, then you could quickly open up the incubator quickly move those chicks that have hatched out and add some more water to the incubator to increase that humidity to try and offset the dip that is going to happen when you open that incubator it's entirely up to you again this is an area where there's a lot of kind of um, debate amongst chicken keepers and people who hatch again do what works for you Chicks may look like that they're struggling to hatch sometimes and it is incredibly hard not to intervene. Um, but know that we can more often do a lot more harm than good by trying to help. As that chick has pipped and started to zip out of that egg, it is still absorbing the yolk. It is still developing. It is still getting all of those nutrients from the last remnants of the yolk. And sometimes if we try to help them out, we can end up causing a lot of damage. So it's best to just let them do their thing. They've been doing this for a long time without any help from us. And I know that may not be what you want to hear, so if you're wanting to help your chicks hatch, then take a look, read some information from others that have been able to successfully do that. I don't interfere with my chicks that are hatching, um, but I know others who do and there's lots of really great resources available online. And once your chicks have dried off and there aren't any signs of eggs pipping or hatching, then you can open that incubator and move the chicks to a brooder box that you have gotten set up ready for your baby chicks. So it's a long process. It can take, you know, 21 days at least before you are getting baby chicks that have hatched but there's quite a lot of fun and learning to have on the way so I'd love to know if you are also hatching chicks whether this has been your first time what's been good what's been bad I'd love to know next week I am sharing an interview with Boomy Devi Seeds which is a local seed farm here in Maine about something which you might have overlooked in having a garden so something that might help your garden thrive a bit more that you might have missed out or forgotten to do so make sure you tune into that but until next time I would love to hear from you what chickens do you want to hatch on your homestead so let me know over in the Facebook group and I hope your garden grows beautifully